They say that hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, we can look back on a situation from the past and and see things clearly because we have all the information that we need. We're, we're in a position where everything has taken place, and so we can see things clearly because it's it's happened in the past. But when it's actually taken place, it, it ain't so clear. For example, so many people evoke Martin Luther King Jr.'s name, and they say he was a great man, and they, and they say that today. They you know, take parts of his speeches and they, and they use that. But the reality is that there were so many people who criticized him in real time. When King lived, there were so many people who hated everything that he stood for. But today, he is a monument. And regardless of one's political affiliation or uh, what party they're a part of or, or where they stand, everybody seems to love Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but back then, some thought he was too radical and others didn't think he was radical enough. There were all kinds of criticisms. Yet it almost appears as if he is universally loved and accepted today. Same thing with Muhammad Ali. Ali was a controversial man during his time, refusing to serve in the military, speaking his mind and standing on his convictions. And there were many critics for him as well. But when he died, once again, many who once criticized now call him the greatest. Doing great things comes with a whole lot of critics and a whole lot of criticism. So the question becomes, will you let the critics kill your purpose? Tune in as we discuss pushing through the criticism coming up next on The Trifling Ones. Private Ones fam, we're going to read the book of Matthew chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. Again, that's Matthew chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. And this is the New Living Translation, and it says, For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So Jesus here is, he's, he's talking. He, he goes out teaching throughout the region, and he says that John the Baptist, his cousin, the minister who actually came before him and announced Jesus' arrival, he's imprisoned. And John the Baptist sends his followers, his disciples out, and he says, I need y'all to go out and ask Jesus, are you the Messiah, the guy that we've been looking for, the guy that we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for somebody else? Jesus responds by saying, tell John what you've seen. And he goes down a list of things that have been accomplished through him. So he says, you know, the blind can see and the lame can walk and lepers are being cured and the deaf can hear and the dead are being raised. And he says, good news is being preached to the poor. So basically what Jesus is saying is he says, let the fruit that I bear provide the answer to your question. He's basically saying, can't you see what I'm doing around here? And so as John's followers or his disciples are leaving to go back to John to bring this answer, Jesus begins to speak. 
and he talks about John to the crowd. And he says that John had been sent, he'd been ordained, he'd been equipped and commissioned by God to tell people about the coming Messiah. But he had to deal with a whole lot of critics and criticism. And so there are two things that we're going to talk about today. The first is the criticism can be harsh. The criticism can be harsh. Verses 18 and 19 say, For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. Now, this doesn't mean that John didn't eat or drink. In fact, we're told that he ate locusts and he had wild honey. Yeah, he wasn't a carnivore. He ate bugs, y'all. And he could care less about the latest fashion trends. He didn't care anything about Balenciaga or Gucci because it says that he wore clothing made of camel's hair. And so Jesus was pointing out the fact that John was out in the desert and he was secluded and he probably wasn't a very social person. John was, he was a little different. He was what you'd probably consider a little odd. We're told that people went to be baptized from Jerusalem and Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So John was strange, but he was about God's business. And people responded to him. So Jesus describes John's form of ministry. He talks about his characteristics. He talks about how he went about bringing the good news, but he says that he was described by his critics as being possessed by a demon. Then in verse 19, Jesus goes on to say, The Son of Man, on the other hand, he feasts and he drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors who nobody liked and other sinners. So Jesus is saying, on the other hand, I'm social. He interacts with all types of people to show that he cares about their salvation. And the critics say that he's a glutton and a drunker because he eats and drinks among the people, because he's friendly towards the despised tax collectors and other sinners. So both John and Jesus were responding to their God-given mission in their own way, two completely different approaches, and folks still had a problem with them. The criticism can be harsh, fam. In spite of what people may say, if you're clear on what God is telling you about how to reach people, what methods to use, etc., then know that everyone doesn't agree. Everyone doesn't like what you're doing. Just make sure that it's pleasing to God. You can't be just doing stuff to be provocative and, and controversial. But as long as you're being obedient to God's call on your life, then understand and look past the harsh criticism. So the criticism can be harsh. But the second point is this. The conclusion will be honorable. The conclusion will be honorable. The last portion of verse 19 says, but wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So the outcome of us being obedient to the voice of God will be evident. The critics can say whatever they want, but if we're following his commands, his instructions, his guidance, then in the end, it'll be clear that it was all him. Wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Someone once said that they weren't even sure if I was really called into the ministry back in the day. That was because, 
you know, I saw some things within a particular church that I, yeah, the spirit of God was telling me, yeah, this, this ain't the place for me. And so I left and there was someone that was still at their church and said, yeah, I don't know if he's been called, but today it's pretty evident that God was working through me then and, and using me then. And, and even now, no one remembers any of John's critics, but everybody remembers John the Baptist. Why? Because wisdom is shown to be right by its results. John was able to have a significant impact on the people in that area from Jerusalem and Judea all around the Jordan. And then some 2,000 years later, people remember his name, but who remembers his critics? How many of Jesus's critics do we know by name? Not many. But the impact of his redeeming work on the cross still reverberates through history to this day. He came and the critics doubted him. He taught and the critics hated him. He loved and the critics wanted to kill him. He died and the critics rejoiced. He rose again and the critics doubted the resurrection. And then some 2,000 years later, Jesus is still saving lives. He's still taking sin out and he still stands over death. The first century critics have become 21st century critics, but Jesus remains true to his purpose. So you remain true to God's voice and wisdom will be shown by its results. Your work in him will bear fruit. Your impact on the world will be life-changing. Your ability to affect lives will be un. Deniable. Listen to those who are spiritually sound, who may have solid feedback for you. But the critics, the haters, those who know nothing about your call, they're going to say some harsh things about you. The criticism may be harsh, fam, but if he is the captain of your soul, then the conclusion of what you do will be honorable. My brothers and sisters, push through the criticism. Heavenly Father, we come before you today asking that you give us the strength and the courage to not allow those who criticize us to keep us from our God-given destiny. We're asking, dear God, that you would not allow us to be swayed by the many people who will stand against us by the many people who would challenge us, by the many people who would dog us out. Lord, you know, we often want to, to know that the things that we're doing, that people support and that they like, but we're asking right now that we would not seek to get anyone else's approval but yours. And so we ask right now that you would guide our steps, that you would guide everything that we think and do, and that you would take our fragile minds and our fragile bodies and add to it your divine spirit so that we can be used by you. Finally, dear God, we are asking that you would forgive us, wipe us clean. And even during those times when we didn't speak up, when we didn't do what we should have done because we were afraid of the backlash, that you would save us from that and give us yet another opportunity to serve you. Even the great apostle Peter 
denied knowing you for fear of the criticism that might come his way. But you still used him as the foundation for your church. All these things we ask in your son and our savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of the trifling ones said, amen. Thank you.